for being here uh, for this episode in particular. And you might wonder, why is this episode any different than any other episode? Well, the truth is we've got an important announcement that's coming at the end of this broadcast. You're not going to want to miss it. We've talked about the Solemn Assembly. We've uh, been wanting, people have been wanting to do Solemn Assemblies. Anyways, we we are in some difficult times right now with all the ridiculous, uh, ungodly, unbiblical restrictions. Um but we are we are looking at something, and so please stay tuned to the end of this broadcast. You're going to want to hear what's going on. Well, folks, I want to start with a word of prayer because I believe what I'm about to share is very important. It's not only timely, it is the time. And I'm going to open it up with asking the Almighty that He would bless this broadcast to touch us in such a way that would cause a spirit of repentance to fall in such a deep matter that you will be transformed from the very inside out and that you will experience the renewing of your mind, the renewing of your cleansing of your soul that God has meant for each one of us. And if it's not now, then my question is when let's pray father in the name above every name, Yeshua, the Most High God, I ask that what comes out on this broadcast would be according to your will, not mine, Father. I pray that you would guide, Lord, the things that I say, that as I speak them, Lord, you would bless them to the listener's ears. And Lord, you know, I preach, I speak, I share the very things that are on my heart, Lord, and I understand Uh, Lord, you've opened some opportunities for me to be able to speak to believers in their fellowships and churches, Lord, even in this time. And I understand the hunger that is going on right now for somebody to just speak a word of truth, Lord. I pray this broadcast would be a beacon of hope and truth, not because anything I can offer or any guest, but because you, Lord, have blessed it in Yeshua, Jesus's powerful name, Lord, I pray. Amen. Folks, we are living in perilous times. You know that. You understand that. Folks, if you're listening to this program, you believe that. If you don't believe that, then I don't know why you would listen to the Remnick call. But the truth is we are definitely living in some times that we've never known. It was the times that our grandparents, great-grandparents, parents told us about for many of us when we were little kids and thought this stuff was just silly. Well, guess what? It's here. Now is the time. You heard a few weeks ago. We had Pastor Dana Coverstone on the program, and the truth is the things he shared, uh, folks, I'm not telling you that that you need to take this as the very word of God. You need to pray over anything you ever hear from this broadcast. Nothing I that is ever said by any guest on here can you say, I believe in. People are allowed to speak freely, and sometimes I don't agree with everybody. But the truth is, it's up to you to pray and to discern these things. Now, I believe... 
Pastor Coverstone seems to be a very honest man. And the things that he's been sharing are the things that we've been talking about, uh, Brother Benjamin, myself, others, for several years, since at least 2016, I think was when this program first started. And we've been trying to share that this hour was coming. Uh, Brother Benjamin's been speaking about it for the last couple of years. Um, folks, we believe, we we know we are now in perilous times. Not believe, we know. Look at our society, the riots, everything that continues to increase. Uh, it doesn't matter who wins this election. The truth is we have gone crazy as a society. So after I had Pastor Coverstone on the program, uh, Brother Benjamin had reached out to me and uh, shared. We wanted to have him on the program tonight. Folks, keep his, he has a, a pet, uh, a kitty cat that had to be taken to the vet uh, for some surgery. So please keep his cat in prayer. Folks, uh, we love animals. Uh, Brother Benjamin loves animals. And, and God cares for animals too. Keep that little kitten in prayer, please. Uh, but Brother Benjamin had shared with me about something in Pastor Coverstone's dream that he had shared on uh, the last one. One that he had shared on this broadcast uh, on the 25th, um, he had had a, a dream and he shared it, but it's what he didn't share. Excuse me. Actually, he did not share that one on this broadcast. This was the dream, the last one he's posted that he shared right after this broadcast. So I had went on and I had li- listened to that. And it was very interesting. The reason Benjamin had reached out to me to share about this, because a friend of his said, hey, listen, I got the transcript of his dream, and there are some things that he actually had left out. And I was like, really? You got to be kidding me. So, you know, there's always rumors. You don't know if something's true or not. So I reached out to Pastor Coverstone. I said, hey, is this true? And he said, yes. And I said, and he sent me the transcript from him, not from any third party, from him directly. And I want to share with you the dream that he had had on August 24th. It's important. If you listen to it, many of you probably have heard it on the web, but I want to reread it because it's what's in the beginning of this that he left out. Now, I don't know if that was God's uh, design that he didn't share it on the air uh, at the time or if it, you know, what for maybe he just honestly forgot, but he had written it down. And uh, this is what it says uh, Prophetic uh, Dream, uh, Monday, August 24th. I saw the calendar and it was turned to the month of November. And it had shadows flickering all over it. I first saw a light in the sky, a very large light, then darkness. I began to make out through the haze and fog that many Americans were in emergency shelters and there seemed to be snow on the ground, but it was dirty and gray, almost like ash. There were people huddled together and shivering individuals laying on cots, suitcases all over the place and desperate looks on the faces of most everyone. There were encouragers in the crowd, all wearing crosses, and they stood out emotionally from everyone else because they had hope. They were checking on people and trying to show kindness and patience, but they were at many times met with anger and told to go away. But the encouragers just kept doing what they were doing in spite of the manifest upset of several in the shelters. Some businesses were shuttered into bigger cities, and I saw gas stations that looked as if they had just been walked away from. I saw headlines that read shock and awe in the U.S., as well as one that read UN steps in to help host nation. 
There was large amounts of quiet over the country, almost as if it was not awake fully from the bad dream. The nation was fitful and suspicious and leery of what was coming next, very hesitant. The sun was shining behind the clouds, but was not out yet when the figure... White figure appeared and said, remain braced as this calm comes before a gathering storm that recovery will have a hard time finding. That was the dream. But this was the part that he left out. He said, I saw a light in the sky, a very large light, then darkness. I began to make out through the haze and fog that many Americans were in emergency shelters and there seemed to be snow on the ground, but it was dirty and gray, almost like ash. Now you can read this and interpret it different ways. You can look at this as a thermonuclear strike. Maybe it's an asteroid uh, hit the ground. You know, we've had some in the news about some near uh, earth objects lately, but there's some thing that happens that causes this dirty gray ash to fall folks i'm not saying what it is i've done some research into what nuclear fallout is uh it can look like this it can kind of be like more though it the way it's fused together uh this could be from volcanic it could be you know the mount you know as far as we know out there uh what happened in yellowstone park could explode I, i don't know what it is what i do know is that according to this something is going to happen Now, the truth is, folks, we've known something's going to happen. This something that's going to happen coming in the last day, the Bible says, is so extreme. I've said it over and over again. In the book of Amos, it's like running from a bear, going in your house, shutting the door, putting your hand on the wall to take a break, and a snake bites you. That's what's coming in the last days, according to Amos. We've known that it's coming. And, and so I've been talking to a lot of my friends around here, and we're saying, you know what? This is the time. These things seem to, concern, to confirm what we're talking about. It seems to confirm other things. It looks like it's going to happen. And the truth is, whether it happens or not, the fact is we need to be prepared like we've never been prepared before. Because we're living in an hour where you cannot risk your relationship to your flesh. You cannot risk your relationship with God to anything else except for an extreme uh, intensifying of your walk with God. And I am so blessed around where I live locally to have some friends, and they are deadly serious about the hour that we live in. And folks, we don't all my friends, we don't all agree on the same things in prophecy and all these things like that. But you know what we all agree on? We all agree that this is the hour that we need to get prepared. Because as men, spiritual leaders of our home, and yes, there are women that listen to the broadcast, you don't have that spiritual leader. You are the spiritual leader. God bless you for that. But if you're a man married in your home, your job is to be the spiritual leader of your home. And being the spiritual leader of your home means that you need to wake up out of the fog, out of the fog of Babylon and get ready because God has a mission for us as believers in these dark hours that we are to shine bright. Now, I had shared some years ago a story that I it, it still it, it shook me uh, later because at the time I, I was so messed up in my life. 
And I remember that that I had went up to this place. We, I was younger. We, they were having a big party. We were up in the mountains, and they were drinking. We had smoking a bunch of dope and everything. Uh, drank tons of alcohol. I mean, just unbelievable amounts. And this guy at the end, he had money. We're all just a bunch of rednecks, country boys. He had some money. He was up there at this party. He said, I'll bet you $200 you can't drink from the bottom of this Ruski vodka. I remember the name of it straight without you know take it all in at once and i was like for 200 bucks i'll throw my guts up all night i was already slam hammered she had no business in doing this and, and so i took it chugged it all down because it was a half gallon a little bit had gotten stuck in the corner i didn't finish it but he still said you know what i, I didn't I, I thought i did he said i'll still give you 50 bucks and i was young i was like man I, i'll be happy to have that that night, I what I didn't understand until the next day, because someone had told me about it, I had experienced, and I had been getting messed up for years, but I had never experienced a true 100% blackout. That night, I had a total blackout. We were getting ready to come home, and the only reason I know this is because one of my really close friends told me. We were coming home, and he asked if he wanted if he was going to drive, not that he was in any much better shape than I was. And I said, no, I'm fine. He had no idea that I was in a complete blackout. And so we're driving home. We're coming down this place not far from here, about 10 miles away. We're coming out of the mountain where we were having this party. And as we come around this turn, there's this big cliff off the side. And I start to swerve down to where this cliff to go off. And he yells at me and said, I pulled the wheel back over just in time. Well, the next morning I woke up. And I used to play guitar. and I still play guitar and bass and these things. I had them on my bed. And I, my waterbed, and somehow I had crawled underneath of them. I got up the next morning. I was still loaded and messed up. And I went in the bathroom, and I realized I had thrown up all over inside the bathtub. I mean, it was horrible what had happened. And and I and I kind of realized that I should have died that night. And, I, and it kind of shook me up for a moment, but I was so involved in all the drugs and everything that I was doing at that time and partying that it wasn't enough to wake me up and say, Frank, you are playing with fire. You cannot continue to drink like this, to smoke dope. And all the different drugs I was doing uh, back then, has got, then they got pro- uh, progressively worse through the years as I went on, but it wasn't enough to shake me up. You know, here I am now about 21 years later. Thank God I am alive because of his mercy 21 years later being sober. This was probably about 26, seven years before that when this incident happened. And I mean, 26, seven years from now, back when this incident happened. But here I am all these years later, and I thank God. But the truth is, is that most of my friends that were doing that are still doing that. And as you heard the program a while ago, not that far back, I buried one of my very closest friends growing up from pills and alcohol. And here the truth is, I'm 46 years old. And I just got another call the other day that one of my good friends also growing up just found out that he has stage four kidney cancer. Now, the truth is, 
He is faced with an absolute crisis right now. Thank God I called first time we had talked since we were at the funeral of my other friend that we buried. And before that, we heart, we only talked if we saw each other for years because I had to separate myself from that life. But he asked me, what, when did you turn your life around to the Lord? And I thank God for being able to share my story with him. And God opened that door. But the truth is, this is so intense and so life-threatening that he is making a change right now because he knows that he only has a short period of time for God. God to either work a miracle or his life is over. And I want to stress to each one of you, we are in that short period of time as believers right now. And Paul says clearly in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, he says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be ye not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. And so Paul is saying right here, folks, you've been washed and clean. But if you think that you can still walk in fornication, idolatry, and adultery, and effeminate, homosexuality, all these things, and think that you're okay, you are deceiving yourself. God's grace covers, um, he forgives us, you know, no matter how bad we've been, God can forgive. But it's not a license for you to live how you want to live. And right now, folks, myself, my friends, we all know we're not where God wants us to be. But the truth is, we know that God will take us and keep us in that place and get us to where he needs us to be. Now, I'm not talking about going in and out of my salvation, folks. I've been saved and I understand that. But I also don't take that lightly as a license to live the way that I want because that's foolishness and ignorance and deception. But God wants to sanctify us as we grow closer to him, set us out of this world for such a time as we are facing that is coming upon the earth so that we are useful to finish the gospel in the darkest hours. Because folks, if you think that you're just going to crawl in your bunker during these hours to come and you're just going to wait it out to the second coming of Jesus, you're missing the point. God's calling us to action in the darkness so that people can come. There's a great harvest the Bible talks about. The Lord saved the best wine for last. That means he wants us as believers to step up and to do something in this hour, not to cower in fear, but you got to get yourself close. You need to begin to pray. It's time to get real with God so that we can be useful in his army because his army, we have more powerful weapons than any army in this world because we can fight in the spirit. I am concerned right now that people know what's coming and are doing nothing about it and I'm bothered by it. And the truth is, if you won't do it now, then when will you do it? Will you do it when you find the missiles are flying our direction? Because by then it might be too late. The truth is, I am sounding an alarm on this program. I'm sounding the trumpet. I'm blowing it out and saying, hey, folks, we are living in perilous times. We are living in the most ungodly times in the U.S. history. Folks, they are just passing a law in California right now that you can have homosexual uh, sex with anybody within 10 years, meaning a 21 year old could have relationships with an 11 year old. Now they say they're counting 
getting it off at 10 years old. Man, they're such, they have such a high moral standards. The truth is, this is legalized pedophilia they're wanting to do because this is what the elites in this country engage themselves in and they want to make it legal so that they can take their ungodly deeds to anywhere they want with no fear of ever getting in trouble. Folks, we are living in dangerous times. This is the hour when you have to ask yourself, what more does God have to do to say, wake up at this time? Because God is definitely serious about the moment that we are currently present in. If you haven't seen, look at what they're trying to do. Tell us that there's UFOs. They're trying to you know, prep us from, for all kinds of things. So w- when we're in distress, we'll accept whatever they're ungodly they want to do. What happens one day when you're all of a sudden here as a believer and they say, well, we've been visited by people from another planet. Are you going, is, your fe- is your faith going to fail you? Or are you going to know that this is demonic and it's not from God and understand that the Bible warned us these things were going to happen in the last days. The only way we can withstand these strong delusions is if we do as Jude says, we must contend for the faith that is once delivered to the saints. And the way you do that is by fasting and prayer and seeking God with all of our hearts. Folks, this half-hearted ridiculous false religion of once I'm saved, I'm always saved. I can live however I want to live. I can do whatever I want to do. That comes from the pit of hell that does not come from the very throne of God. Do you think Paul would ever actually say something like that? No, he's saying quit fooling yourselves. This is an important time. The signs are upon us. They have been trying to distract us for years, and they're trying to set us up to accept whatever Antichrist beast system they want to implement into our lives. They have been training us through these masks. They have been training us through the news. They have been training us in the school systems so that we will accept whatever they say. And then the moment the food supply has been cut short, the bellies of the American citizens which has become their gods will rule over and people will sell themselves out for a morsel of bread or maybe a cup of lentil soup. Yeah, you've seen it done before in the Bible. What makes you think we won't do it right now? The truth is, folks, God has no intentions on allowing his people to go there. But we must understand and be willing to follow the guidance that he wants us to do at this very hour. And that is we need to change our minds, change our thinking away from the flesh. Look, folks, I believe God calls us to physical preparation. It's important. But the truth is there are people that don't have any money to prepare. And so all I can say is this, truthfully, above everything, prepare spiritually, first and foremost. And if you're prepared spiritually, God can speak to you clearly and guide you in what you're supposed to do. In these last days, folks, don't look for a guide. Don't look for somebody to come along and say, here, this is what you're supposed to do. The truth is the Bible says in Micah that we are to wait upon the Lord. The best of men are but a thorn hedge a briar bush. God will lead his people in these last days as we move forward. 
It doesn't matter who wins this election. The spirit of Antichrist has been released and lawlessness runs rampant in the streets of America and it's not getting any better. That's why it's time for the solemn assembly. We've been talking about it. We've been wanting to do it. And folks, I wish I could have a place where everybody could come and gather. But the truth is, I can't do that right now. It doesn't permit us for where we live at this time and the restrictions to have that kind of an event. We just can't swing it. So we are thinking, how can we have a solemn assembly? Well, we're looking at right now uh, of having one on the 18th, uh, starting at sundown on the 18th, which would be the eve, the beginning of the Feast of Trumpets, the Days of Awe. So if you're not familiar with what the Days of Awe are, the Days of Awe starts at uh, Rosh Hashanah. It is the blowing of the Feast of Trumpets, and it signals the 10 Days of Repentance, which goes all the way up until Yom Kippur, which is on Monday the 28th. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to have one virtually on Zoom. I'm just going to tell you right now, folks, I can't have everybody coming in and being able to speak and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm going to just give it to you honestly. The reason we can't do that is because as much as there are so many God-fearing, God-loving believers that listen to this program, there are crazy people too. And I know I get their messages, I get their email, they've got a constant word of the Lord, and you let these people in, and the next thing you know, they want to dominate, they have no uh, filters on themselves, they have bringing forth words from the Lord out of their flesh, and not from God, and we can't have that, but we want to make it such a way that you can listen in, and at your home, you can partake in the repentance, and the prayer, and seeking God, and even though you may not be able to get on and speak in the actual thing, you can still listen in, and be a part of it and join into your own solemn assembly wherever it is in your home. Folks, it's about getting alone with God. It's not about how many people you have gathered. It's about setting yourself apart, praying, seeking, and crying out to God for healing because this is the hour for healing. And we're going to have Brother Benjamin and some others on here with us and going to share some 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 thoughts and some prayer time and, and some praying and all that stuff. And folks, if, and then from that, we are going to begin a 10-day fast all the way through Yom Kippur. And when we get to Yom Kippur, that'll be the one day, folks, that we don't we don't eat or drink on that day, water. And let me tell you right now, when you don't drink, it's easy to fast. Uh, you don't get hungry for a day. I'm not saying drink, eating and drinking three days in a row. I'm talking about just one day when you don't drink water. It's a, a little thing that happens if you've ever partaken in Yom Kippur. When you don't drink water, you don't get hungry. But we're going to fast. And folks, I understand there are a lot of people that can't necessarily fast the same way. But everybody can fast some way. And I'm not talking about fasting from a video game or fasting from waffles and pancakes. I'm talking about fasting either through water fast, uh, through maybe a juice fast, through the Daniel fast. Um, there are something. I'm not here to put a yoke of bondage on you. It's between you and the Lord. But we're going to begin a 10-day fast starting on that evening of the 18th. And we're going to fast through the end of Yom Kippur. Now, if you've heard me talk before, I'll put the link back. I'll try to put the link of the recipe back in the show uh, program notes. There is a concoction 
It was developed by a doctor in South America researching fasting years ago where we take beets, we chop them up, carrots, celery. You can put a little mint in there. You put it in distilled water and you let it sit and you drink the water off. It'll help you keep your strength up through the fasting time. Folks, there may be some of you that work. I have to work through a lot of this um, time, so I have to keep my strength up. But God is able to do that. And, And like we've said before, once you get past about the third or fourth day, your hunger will leave you. Your hunger will leave you, and and you will be able to have a breakthrough. Listen, I'm not excited to go on 10 days fasting. Uh, Folks, it's hard, but the truth is you will experience as you get into this fast uh, something amazing, but you got to give it some days before you get into it, and you will begin to feel, I don't know how to explain it, um, less sinful. You might think, well, I don't feel sinful now. Well, wait till you get on a fast. And you've been out there some days on it. Something will change and you'll know it and you'll realize it. And God, listen, it's not, we're not doing this to demand that God put a blessing on us. We're doing this to say, God, we can't do this without you. We're not doing this to make, to bend heaven to our will. We are doing this to say, heaven, we want to conform to your will. Father, we want to conform to what you want us to do. We are wanting to live not on the bread of this world, but we want to live on the bread that comes from our heavenly father, from the heavenly manna that comes through seeking him, through meditation and reading his word and from praying. And folks, God will bless it. It is coming. It's time to do it. It doesn't matter if you can be in a place with somebody we're going to do our best to try to at least broadcast the audio of it. Um, you know, we'll continue to mention this in the next two broadcasts, but this is the time. It's serious. You know, a friend of mine said something very interesting, and we talked about it. What if none of this came to pass this year? What if nothing happened? What if it all went on the same? What if it del- God delayed something? What, if it, what, what would be the worst thing that would happen? I'd get my relationship closer to God and see and hear him clearer. I think about it, folks. I'm not trying to detract from the hour that I'm just saying what in what are we trying to do right now? That is that is against living for Jesus Christ. The truth is, if we want to hear clearly, we need to begin to seek him humbly with everything we have. If not now, then when? Folks, there are so many people in the church that are asleep right now. There are so many people that are out there that are asleep. And the truth is God is calling us to wake up. It's like that moment when the prodigal son finally realized when he was at the bottom of the barrel, that when he had nothing left, he was eating with the pigs. He had messed up everything. He remembered the mercy of his father and he went running home. Folks, we are running home. We're running home. Time is short. We need to repent and cry out to God. And he will come running just like the prodigal son. Because our father loves us. He loves us so much. And when you get broken and you seek him and you begin to cry out for your sins I'm going to tell you what happens, folks. His forgiveness comes and his love is felt. And it's so beautiful because it takes all that garbage 
and it just washes it away. God wants us to do our business with him. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying good night and shalom. Oh